why is it so hard to say something positive about myself? Like, why does that make me feel so stupid? Today, we're going to be talking about the bizarreness of thinking on the bright side. Oh, boy, there's going to be some cheese in this episode. I can feel it. Well, let's get out those uh, chips. Let's make some nachos. are listening to ADHD Big Brother, the podcast for adults struggling with their ADHD and comorbid depression symptoms. I'm your host, Russ Jones, author of Descending to the Top, believer that you can actually have a smile in your life despite this diagnosis. So let's make some sense out of this struggle. Let's learn some stuff. Let's laugh at some stuff. Ladies and gentlemen, here's some stuff. Oh, the synergy and the timeliness of this episode. Well, first of all, hey, hi, how you doing? Welcome to the to the podcast, or thank you for inviting me into your into your ear canals today. Uh, a couple of things fell into place that got me to thinking about negative thinking. Statistically, people with ADHD do a lot more of it because we have statistically heard many, many more criticisms from others growing up statistically. It is a statistic. It is a statistic. Google it. I dare you. Put in the search bar, negative messages, ADHD, and behold. Ugh. Let me start out by sending a shout out to Sam, who posted about the ADHD Big Brother podcast on Metafilter. Super nice, very kind, totally made my day, got my kids stoked. Uh, so thank you, Sam. That It was really awesome, and I appreciate it, and I'll put a link to the sh- in the show notes if you guys want to check him out and read it. Um, but I just happened to be looking at my stats one day, and it was there was this ridiculous spike in podcast downloads, and I was like, well, that, that doesn't make any sense. I'm not complaining, but what the hell's going on here? Something is something is amiss. Something is awry. And then I got a message from Sam on Instagram saying, hey, uh, here's a link. Wrote an article. Check it out. So it's super cool. So this shout out, it's actually going to tie into the topic today about negative thinking. You'll see. So do you guys ever find yourself stuck in negative thinking about dumb shit, inconsequential stuff? I happily walk into my room, notice clothes on the floor, and point out to myself that I'm a slob. Just a casual, unnecessary jab at myself. Or I catch myself in the mirror without a shirt on, and I think, ugh, why can't my fat disseminate throughout my body? Why does it all have to be in my gut? I'm such an ugly loser. My skull spaghetti of a brain seems to always be on call to point out what needs fixing. You know, what are some problems? What isn't right? Where am I currently failing? Where do I suck? Because if there's nothing to fix, then what's a brain to do? Let's drum up something negative. In psychology class, we were studying happiness as well as different uh, therapeutic interventions in mental disorders. And I got to say, I have a real affinity towards the cognitive behavioral model of treatment, especially for the kind of stuff that tends to come up with our ADHD brains. And you've maybe heard me talk about this in other episodes. It's a type of therapy that deals with distortions in our thinking, automatic thoughts we might have that lead to troublesome behavior, rejection-sensitive dysphoria type stuff, impulsive reactions that are maybe not thought through, or we can't let you go, we obsess on it. And in the cognitive behavioral therapy model, there are a number of categorized cognitive distortions. And really quickly, a cognitive distortion, it's an automatic negative thought that's false, that feels true in the moment, and so we believe it to be true. One of them is called discounting the positive. And this distorted thinking is where, you know, you might receive positive feedback or get a compliment, but you think, ugh, no, this person is just being nice. 
They don't mean it. It's not true because I'm really actually awful. You discount the positive. And so the behavior that manifests is in alignment with that distorted thinking. So maybe we attempt to possibly correct the person who maybe paid us a compliment. Hey, man, you have a really nice singing voice. And we're like, oh, no, I was so gravelly and I missed so many notes. And then that creates a really weird situation where this person who paid us a compliment feels like, wow, I okay, I paid you a compliment. And now you basically are calling me a liar. I feel weird. It's almost as if there's some level of comfort in some of this negative thinking because it comes automatically. It feels so natural. There's no effort involved. And that's what makes it so dang hard to discern sometimes. So it feels natural. Natural always feels like the truth, doesn't it? Like, oh, it just came to me. So it's got to be true. And in the moment, it absolutely is to us. And the behavior that results is in alignment with that, and that can be a problem. Now, what if somebody paid me a compliment and, I don't know, I accepted it? Like, thank you so much. Oh, my gosh. That feels unnatural. It feels like I'm forcing it. It makes me have to pretend something that maybe I don't believe. I'm going to thank someone for giving me a compliment when the truth of how I feel is that I suck? That's gross. It feels so uncomfortable, so it's got to be false. But that is actually false. And so then I guess what I'm trying to say here is that in this case, two negatives might just make a positive. Because just because it makes us uncomfortable just might mean we aren't used to it. It's like a new pair of shoes. They're friggin' awesome. But you got to wear them in a little bit before it truly feels comfortable. So in the cognitive behavioral therapy model, we identify the situation and the automatic thought it elicited. And my automatic thought is they're lying and they're just trying to be nice. So I might journal this out later, might reflect on the situation. And uh, this is what's called a thought record. It guides us through a process. So in this journaling, what I'm doing is I'll identify the situation It's the shitty thought that I had that I don't like that I had. Perhaps I became aware of this during the awkwardness when I chose to deflate the compliment. But something triggered a negative thought, and then the thought record helps us uncover if there's potentially a distortion here. And in this case, it would be discounting the positive. Another distortion, it's called filtering. And I'll take Sam's post that was so nice, made me feel so good. Filtering is when you filter out all the positives and you focus on a negative. So in his article... Amazing article, right? Amazing compliment to have someone recommend your work. That's uplifting. It inspires hope. It's great. And so filtering would be, now let's say I read all the comments after his article and somebody posts something negative. And regardless of how many kind things maybe have been said, the brain latches on to the negative and it filters everything else. The brain is like, see, see, I told you, we told you, knew you were an idiot. You knew you sucked. And there it is validated. But what about everything else? What about all the other comments? What about all the other kind things that people have said in the past? In filtering, we filter that out. Filtering is one that doesn't affect me as much anymore. Uh, I think because I've just done that work (laughs) enough times. You know, you do something enough. uh, You do these thought records over time. It's like doing your multiplication tables. You're like, uh, this one I know, two times two, it's four. You know, eight times seven, that's 56. I got it. I know my tables. So it's the same here. You catch yourself... Uh, in the moment, you work through it pretty fast in your head, you move on with your life. And I should give you guys a heads up. I'm just using Sam's article as an example. I don't actually know if anybody had anything negative to say. I didn't, I, that's the best way to avoid filtering is to don't do the thing in the first place. Um, so if you're reading the article, don't go sleuthing for a negative comment. And if you find one, don't tell me about it. I don't want to hear it. 
Or here's another good one. Do you guys ever post in social media and people are saying all these wonderful things, but there's one troll in there that says one really negative, nasty thing. And that drowns out all the noise of the positive comments. That's filtering. And that, my friends, is a cognitive distortion. The caveat here, I should uh, disclaim, it should be a disclaimer, is that this is not trying to force feed positivity or create some alternate glowing reality. Some things in life do suck. Some things in life we did screw up on. And sometimes it's not a cognitive distortion. It's just the good old-fashioned truth. And so the work we do in these cases called thought records, it's the ability to identify this, discern the truth, weigh out the evidence, uh, what's true, what's false, and then where needed, find an alternative way of thinking, adopting a new outlook and the outlook that we would like to have in this situation were to it occur again in the future. This process, I will recognize it's made difficult in that it goes against our ADHD brain grain. It can be a process. And we ADHD folk, we don't do processes. Processes suck. We do fix this shit right now. I need it done all the way right now. And that leads us to a very common cognitive distortion, which is all or nothing thinking. We have to do everything perfectly right now, or we suck and we are a failure and we're hopeless. Ooh, that one's a doozy. All righty, this is now where we're going to bring out the cheese. Oh, this charcuterie board of cheese. We have to practice being grateful. <laughs> oh, God, that's like a stinky Gouda. Oh, girl. We have to practice being grateful and kind to ourselves and saying positive things. Oh, God. Spiritually, I'm throwing up right now. <laughs> oh, oh, God. Isn't that odd? Isn't that weird, though? Like how thinking positively can often feel like total cheesiness and stupid and feeling negative usually feels like, hey, man, I'm just telling it like it is. I'm being honest. That's just me. It is incredibly helpful to practice this gratitude stuff. It might feel ridiculous, but I mean, here's the deal. Like think about the other things in our lives that we practice for our health, that if we thought about it, it's really pretty odd. People actually lie on their backs in the middle of a room filled with other people, and they repeatedly push a steel bar up and down, up and down, up and down, and they just keep doing that until they're exhausted. And then they take a break. And then they lie back down on that thing and they push the steel bar up and down, up and down, up and down again, repeatedly until they're exhausted. And then when they're all the way done with that a few times, they, they get up and they move to another part of the room and they maybe they grab a cable and they pull on that up and down and up and down and up and down until they're exhausted. What the hell's going on there? It's just a human being pushing and pulling away. And for what? They're doing that because it makes them stronger and it's good for their physical health. That's interesting. You know, there's people that will literally sit down on a cushion crisscross applesauce with their posture fully upright, not really that relaxed seeming, not, not from how it looks. And they sit there for 20 to 60 minutes. Uh, what, what are they doing? They're doing nothing. They're doing nothing. Or scratch that. They actually, okay, they are focusing on one thing, like they're breathing. And that's it for 20 to 60 minutes. They just sit there and they shut up and they focus. And do they get distracted? Yeah, especially if they have ADHD. They, they, the whole thing could be one long distraction. And you think, well, isn't that boring? Yeah. And that's the point, to sit in whatever feeling that you have and truly experience it in the moment. So why are they doing that? 
because it's good for the mental health. It brings about physical calm. It connects you to the present moment. And those are good things. And don't even get me started on yoga, tai chi, standing, contorting, bizarre poses with even more bizarre names. And then I have energy for the day. And then I'm more flexible. We do some pretty weird shit for our health. And I believe that practicing positive thinking, it's like going to the gym for our outlook on life. These outlooks for us with ADHD and comorbid depression, it doesn't just occur naturally that often. And just like going to the gym or meditating or yoga, it feels weird. It feels awkward, uncomfortable, might not feel natural. And if you're like me, then you think, well, I don't want to fucking do this. I feel like crap. I don't want to think about something good. That's how it feels at first. But over time, the routine sets in and then it becomes easier and then it will just start incorporating into your life. Like you go to the gym and after a year, you're stronger. You you realize, oh my God, one day you brought all the groceries in in one trip. You're like, wait a minute, that's not who I am. I'm two trip guy. And now I'm a one trip guy. It's the same amount of groceries. Yeah, because you got stronger physically because you went to the gym every day. Or you meditate for a year and then you realize, wow, I can actually, things don't rile me up as much as they used to. I'm actually more calm about things. That's neat. And then maybe if we take like 10 to 15 minutes a day sprinkled throughout the day to contemplate, to force our skull spaghetti to contemplate what might actually be good in our lives, what is bringing me joy right now, or whatever cheeseball thing we want to force our brain to think on, I wonder what that might do to our overall happiness over time. That half-empty glass might actually start looking half-full, you know what I'm saying? Or when we're having a shitty thought, we might catch it sooner. Or instead of dwelling on it, we might find a shortcut out. So I can vouch for a couple of things here. I'm not just spouting random stuff at at you guys. These are all, this is evidence-based stuff. It's cognitive behavioral type stuff. And if you can afford the therapy, uh, To practice that, that's amazing, especially for all the negative self-talk that we grew up doing. That negativity is so automatic, it feels like truth. And that negative self-talk, when you deal with ADHD and comorbid depression, that can be rough. So that would always be a good idea is to get with a CBT practitioner. But if you can't afford it, if you still feel like you need the help, reach out to me. I mean, send me an email. Honestly, for those of you that have reached out, you know this. I, I, I love this stuff. I love you guys. And I'm fulfilling a sense of purpose doing this. You know, it ain't paying my bills yet, but it feels like a good duty to have. And I feel like cognitive behavioral, it just goes hand in hand with learning ADHD skills. The CBT deals with the thoughts and the feelings. And then the ADHD skills deals with the executive function issues, you know, with ADHD and how to deal with ADHD, time management, organization, motivation, getting started, task paralysis, all the down, that's what the ADHD uh, Big Brother program, that's what that's built for is this ADHD skills. Um, so I'm going to make these cognitive behavioral therapy worksheets, these thought records. Um, and if you guys are interested in them, send me an email and let me know and I'll send them to you. And just so you know, this isn't me asking you to drink my Kool-Aid. This, uh, like I said, this is all evidence-based processes. I'm not inventing something from scratch here. There are plenty of books out there on the topic. I own half of them. I'm into it. I'm just going to make them visually appealing and simpler to understand and do the way I view them and the way I do them. That's sort of my jam. I like to simplify things for people and it'll be more fun. We're going to put the fun back in dysfunction. Hey, let's go. 
So if you're interested, let me know, russ at ADHDbigbrother.com, or you can go to the website, ADHDbigbrother.com, click on the contact form to say, hey man, when they're ready, send me the send me the worksheets. Um, and if you send them to me before they're made, I'll just give them to you for free. And then after the fact, they'll probably only be like, I'll bundle them up, maybe sell them for seven bucks or 10 bucks or I don't know, $7,000. It just depends on how cool they are. So I use the worksheets for a couple of reasons. One, uh, I'm not in therapy at the moment. These are, you know, these are penny pinching times right now. And they work for me historically. So really quickly, the worksheets, what they'll do is they'll guide you through a negative situation, a feeling, an automatic thought. You'll get a list of the most common cognitive distortions. You'll be able to work through the situation, uncover a potential cognitive distortion, play out the evidence, find a possible alternative way of thinking if needed that you can adopt. You can try it on like a fuzzy, cozy hat that covers the ears real nice on a winter's day. Something to snuggle up on the old noggin. Here's a quick speedy example of one. Let's say I asked a girl out. She said, no, I felt worthless. And I thought, I'm such a loser. How embarrassing. I'm never going to find love. And looking at that and the list of distortions, I see that, well, this could be overgeneralization. I'm taking one situation and I'm creating a global negative outlook. So I look at the evidence that this outlook is true and false. I can see that I have no way to predict the future. There are a billion people on the planet. I may actually find love. My new outlook is that while it is a bummer that she said no, I was actually hopeful, and that doesn't feel good, well, now I'm one step closer to finding my someone. One person has been ruled out. Always helps to imagine that you're dealing with a friend in these cases, right? How would you guide your friend through this situation or answer those questions, right? You wouldn't tell your friend, well, you actually, actually, you are a loser, uh, and you won't ever find love, <laughs> You nailed it. The worksheet is your friend, and you are guiding your friend into a more positive outlook where needed. Alrighty, summary time. Uh, reach out if you guys want the worksheets. When they're ready, no ETA. I'm hopeful in the next couple of weeks. Also, practice gratitude. Go to the gym for your spirit. What are you grateful for? Of all the shitty, shitastic, shitterifical shit that is going on in your life, what might you be grateful for? Those shoes? No traffic today? Your kids, kids are always, I'm, that's a daily gratitude right there. Do this exercise literally right now. Think of these things that you're grateful for. Do it while I'm saying all the same stuff that I say at the end of every podcast. What are you grateful for? And don't forget to rate and review the podcast if you're finding value out of it and subscribe. Click on the subscribe thing that alerts you when a new episode comes out. So what else are you grateful for? And please consider sharing this episode like Sam did. And let me know if you did so I can show my kids and be all like, hey, look, someone recommended the show. Hey, guys. And they'll be like, oh, my God, that's so awesome. My kids celebrate like you wouldn't believe. And what's the third thing that you're grateful for? And with that, I hope you guys have a fantastic week. And I will talk to you. What are you grateful for? Later. Later.